0: This show with your host Eric Metaxas. Wow, that's what I have to say. It's Monday, November eighth. Hey, folks, I'm talking to John Smirak <laughs> about what might be the most. Uh, harrowing international incident uh that uh that any of us has heard about in a long time uh concerning uh camilla parker Bowles, uh, styled as the duchess of cornwall if you know what i mean uh evidently joe biden was with the duchess if you know what i mean and um something happened something untoward happened uh and or it could have just been you know, Cookie Joe joking around. It was nincompoopery, uh, which is—I uh, think, John, you said that—that that smells like nincompoopery
1: The smell, the smell caused by nincompoopery is nincompoopery. Nincompoopery,
0: not to be confused with the incident at the Vatican, which is just popery, uh, generally speaking.
1: Yeah, exactly. All so right.
0: Well, anyway, I think we have wasted that.
1: ten minutes In, uh, of America's time.
0: I think it's very important for us to cover breaking, quote unquote, breaking news on this program. And uh, we uh, we value our audience. So let's talk about. uh, Actually, you know, this
1: this does bring up something. Do you remember? It seems like 50, 60 years ago when the Democrats were scrambling to save the nomination from Bernie Sanders, because Bernie Sanders was too radical and was unelectable. So they basically cheated in their own primaries in order to appoint the secret committee formerly known as Joe Biden as the nominee, even though he was like running last in the primaries, losing at debates, losing it at debates. They were scared. Bernie Sanders was unelectable. So they rigged their own primaries and a lot there were a lot of well, this was
0: field. no, this was the firewall primary in either South
1: firewall. or North Carolina. I don't remember. And, and then suddenly after that primary, all of a sudden, Joe Biden was winning and winning and winning, and winning as if by magic. Well, it's um, not just that. It's that
0: that he made a deal. Look, we know what happened. He he, his people made a deal with uh, Pete Buttigieg, the 14 year old mayor uh, of uh, South Bend, Indiana, and um And he also made a deal with Kamala Harris. I think those were the two who promptly came out as being for Biden, stepping out of the race, and he would give them cabinet positions or make them vice president.
1: The point is, supposedly, that, that was because Americans were afraid of the radicalism of Bernie Sanders. The result has been Bernie Sanders in office would not be as radical as what we're seeing now, what we're seeing now is actually significantly to the left of Bernie Sanders. Uh, The secret committee formerly known as Joe Biden, because we know he's not running the country. Ask yourself who is. There is no constitutional provision for the president is senile, but we're going to pretend he's not. And other people are going to run the country and he's going to be a meat puppet. That is not in any of the Constitution.
0: Well, we know that whatever uh, comes out of his mouth has been pre-scripted so that the only way he can say anything to the world as a cry for help is through flatulence. I mean, I I actually believe that might be true.
1: Yeah, but... Bernie Sanders, I don't think, would have paid half a million dollars in bounties to illegal immigrants who, who got across the border and were temporarily separated from the people they claimed were their children, who in some cases are not because they were child traffickers. Um, I don't think Bernie Sanders would have handed Afghanistan over to China. I don't think Bernie Sanders would necessarily have done this va- vaccine mandate. Bernie Sanders was to the right of whoever and whatever is running the country at the moment. We, let's be honest. Everybody knows Joe Biden is not serving as president of the United States. Everybody what, knows that.
0: But and what we, I don't understand, I've asked this question for months. This, that's totally unconstitutional. It's, it's simply not acceptable, even if you believe Biden was elected. Uh, then you'd have to say if he isn't running the country. It's just like, you know, I don't know wh- what president was it Wilson, Woodrow Wilson or, you know, yes. various presidents at various times uh, have been in a coma and their wife was running the store. That's unconstitutional. Uh, That's why
1: we passed the 25th Amendment. And remember, they were going to use the 25th Amendment to declare Trump incompetent to be in office. And Nikki Haley knew about it, but didn't warn the president. Remember that next time Nikki Haley asked for your vote, she knew about the plot. She was approached by the conspirators. She decided she calculated, I don't think this is going to work. She didn't get involved, but she also did not warn President Trump that they were trying to remove him from office based on their judgment that he was dangerously irrational and incompetent of being present. Incompetent okay,
0: so, in- so if a president is incompetent, they can evoke uh, invoke uh, the 25th okay. Amendment. Right. What about if a president is incontinent? Is does the Twenty Fifth no. Amendment still hold? No, uh, or does he have to be merely incompetent?
1: I think he has to be just. I think it's just the top, the top half that matters. So um, <laughs> the fact is that if he needs, he needs a functioning brain. We're it, this is, we're joking about this, but it's it's like it's gallows humor. The man who's in charge yeah. of, of launching. Got, I, I, a new I launching really a, nuclear I say it, launching I a nuclear war. Launching
0: a nuclear really, war in our defense. I really mean it when I say that I don't understand why some Republicans are not doing something about this. In other words, if you know that the man who's playing president is not actually running the country, that is by definition unconstitutional and somebody has to do something about it. But All it right, doesn't seem that anybody's
1: doing anything about it. Well, okay, because we don't know who's on the secret committee, formerly known as Joe Biden. But we suspect that they're that they're not as bad as Kamala Harris would be. I su- I think I know who the secret committee, formerly known as Joe Biden, is. And I hear I'm being serious. John Brennan, James Clapper, all the people who s- the National Security hacks who signed that letter saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Those people, it's a coalition of Republican and Democrat appointees to all the deep state agencies. If you want to know who the real villains in America are, the people who should be expelled from the country and dropped naked without ID in Pyongyang, it is that list of people, many of them appointed by George W. Bush or George H.W. Bush, Democrats and Republicans who colluded to lie to the American people about the Hunter Biden laptop, which was Full, full of compromising information connecting the Biden family with Chinese intelligence assets and billions, of millions of dollars going back and forth. If we, anything like that had been found on the Trump family, they, they would have been in handcuffs the next
0: we, we, No, there's no question. We'll be right back, folks, talking to John Samirak. We're talking to John Smirak we're talking about very serious things John um, you well you were talking about a number of things uh, but I still don't understand how it's possible that Republicans aren't speaking up about the incompetence uh, and not just the incompetence of Joe Biden but the fact that everybody seems to know whether he's competent or incompetent he is not running the, the country. That is unconstitutional. I don't understand how all these Republicans can be letting it ride. What am I missing?
1: Queen Elizabeth has more power right now than Joe Biden. Think about that. Joe Biden actually had a spontaneous moment where he said, we're not giving $500,000 to illegal immigrants. He briefly went back to the when he was a center center left democrat senator from from delaware um and when he used to compromise with, and work with segregationists when he actually was like a centrist politician and not a puppet of radical ideologues and he said no we're not that's nonsense we're not giving half a million dollars to all these people stuck across the border and then jen Psaki said oh no that will be happening that will be happening in other words the quote president spoke out of turn They're going to give him a little wrap on his hand and they're not going to give him his pudding this afternoon. He's going to have to remember only say the words that come up in the pink fuzzy letters on the teleprompter. But but, but again,
0: why is the GOP? I mean, okay, so let's let's get to the bottom of this. Why isn't what you're saying is what I am uh, what what I believe is happening is that the so-called deep state has, in fact, taken over the country. In other words, that, that was always effectively the case but it's now more explicitly the case in the sense that they have a genuine puppet uh in joe biden and he is not even they don't even have to pretend um i mean they're only pretending they're pretending on a different level than they've been pretending for the longest time so but if that's true why wouldn't republicans be screaming about it
1: because Kamala harris would be worse we believe that Yes, I believe that. I believe Kamala Harris is financially corrupt and politically even more radical than whatever deep state operatives are currently forming the secret committee formerly known as Joe Biden. So we I mean it would not it would be in no sense an improvement. We would have to impeach him, impeach her and impeach Nancy Pelosi in order to get down to a Republican. There there are no good options. When you let the deep state steal an election, you get a banana republic, which is what Ukraine became after our CIA CIA coup there. It's what countries, it's what Afghanistan became after the U.S. decided to occupy it. When the, the CIA can't really run a country, they just think they can And when they overthrow governments, it never turns out well. I mean, sometimes it's necessary, I guess, to overthrow some communist dictator in this third world. But the CIA collects all these corrupt hacks who are going to run the country instead, and they never do a good job. They don't know how to run the country. The deep state is trying to run the country, and they're running it into the ground. Look what we are losing fundamental freedoms. Can you two years ago? Would we even have been talking about the president by edict is going to make everyone get a medical treatment or their private employers are going to have to fire them? If Donald Trump had talked about something like that, Republicans would have voted to impeach him as an incipient dictator and for it to happen over covid, which has a point oh, two percent death rate.
0: But, John, you know, we don't. But I guess my 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 constant plaint and we're out of time here we'll we'll have we'll drag you over into hour two but is that why aren't Mitch McConnell and other Republicans screaming about these things uh I think they're in on it we'll be back uh in hour two with uh with John Zmirak folks it's the Eric Metaxas show please go to ericmetaxas.com sign up for the newsletter hurry up thank you very much This show with your host Eric Metaxas, folks. Welcome to hour two of the Eric Metaxas show. John Smirak, my friend, uh, we have a lot to talk about. We've already been talking about many important things. Um, now we did talk about Camilla Parker Bowles. We're not going to talk about her uh, anymore. We're going to talk about uh, Camilla Harris, who's the vice president of the United States, and she's styled as the Duchess of Sacramento. and uh, Or actually, we don't have to talk about her. What would you like to talk about?
1: I'd rather move to more elevated topics. I've got a piece at stream.org called A Pale Blue Dot, I Think Not. And in it, I talk a bit about your book, Is Atheism Dead? I talk about the book, The Privileged Planet. Carl Sagan, on the old cosmos from the 1970s and 80s, used to present the vastness and emptiness of the universe and our small, rather off-center position in it as proof of human insignificance. He he would say things like, you know, we're on a third-rate planet with a second-tier star in an unfashionable neighborhood of the back end of nowhere, of a universe that is vast and seemingly empty, where there is doubtless life on billions of other planets and maybe far more advanced than our own. Well, since then, science, capital S Science, TM, trademark, has discovered something new. It's discovered that there are very few planets in the universe that are, in fact, inhabitable. We used to think, oh, maybe there's life based not on carbon, but silicon or magnesium based life forms. No, no. Science has increasingly found that life has to be based on carbon. It has to have water. It has to have tectonic plates. It has to have a moon. It has to be within a certain distance, perfect sort of Goldilocks distance to a medium sized star. The number of constraints on inhabitable exoplanets has kept growing and growing and growing. And the number of candidates for planets that might have life has been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking shrinking until it seems increasingly as if Earth and maybe a few other very Earth-like planets somewhere are the only places where life could possibly exist.
0: I I would go, I have gone a step farther in in what I have written. I have said that the number of planets where life should exist uh, shrank down, 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 down to zero and then kept going. In other words, the odds against life even existing on a single planet like Earth went below zero to increasingly impossible to the point where I now argue in my book, uh, Miracles, and in the new book, Is Atheism Dead, that the odds against any life existing are astronomical. When you understand, w- w- I guess, depending on what parameters you look at, but when you understand what's involved, you understand not only shouldn't life exist on, uh, you know, uh, even a handful of planets, it shouldn't even exist on this planet. <laughs>
1: that's and, right. So uh, Anyway, but
0: that's, so let's, uh,
1: yeah, let's, let's take this new information. We are on the one little dot, apparently, as far as we can see, in the whole universe where life could possibly exist. An amazing array of so-called coincidences have colluded to make it even feasible for any life to exist on Earth. And then we have, science has absolutely no way of accounting for how the dead matter of inorganic chemistry somehow organized itself into life. Uh, Back in the 1950s, they were confident that uh, they had thrown together some synthetic, some uh, organic chemicals, and they formed a couple of compounds. And, oh, well, now we know how life came about. No, that's like saying we have sand, silicon, and we have energy, the sun. So every beat should eventually evolve into a computer. <laughs> Listen, this is I don't
0: use that. But you, you know that I basically write about this in my book is Atheism Dead, because I didn't know until I encountered James Tour. I'm, I was in Houston trying to uh, talk to him the last couple of days, but he was uh, doing something else. But he makes the case so radically at this point that, in other words, even though we could say what we're saying now 30 years ago, it is now. In other words, the more science discovers, the more obvious it becomes that the complexity of this, the simplest life is, is just beyond our ability to comprehend. It's just stunningly complex. And people now know, but they don't want to admit that there's no way this could have come together through natural processes. I'm
1: reading a wonderful book I heard about in the discovery Instru- Institute podcast. It's called the confused world of modern atheism. It's by a rabbi. It's actually the one, maybe the second book by a rabbi that I've ever read. Um, and I'm really loving it. He What's has it the confused world of modern atheism. And he is a riot. He's a rabbi in Jerusalem. I think his last name is Averick, A-V-E-R-I-C-K, Rabbi Averick. And he had a section where he was quoting secular scientists, most of them atheists on the, the state of research on the origin of life, on life emerging from non-life on chemicals, turning into a a bacteria, the first bacterium, the first living cell emerging from the chaos of inorganic chemistry. And, He has the the scientists, a lot of them with Nobel prizes, one after another of them saying, we have absolutely no idea. We know less than we knew in the 1950s. Increasingly, we have absolutely no explanation. We just have to have faith that somehow this happened without divine intervention, because there's no other way of explaining it. So I'm reading this section and it goes on and on. And it's 10 pages of quotes. From Nobel Prize winners, chairman of biology departments, secular scientists, people like Richard Dawkins, 10 solid pages of quotes. And I commend Rabbi Averick's research um, or the intern, that poor intern who had to do this. Ten pages of scientists saying, I don't know what, What? whatever it's a miracle. Ah, I don't know. One after another, after another, after another, after another. It's almost tedious, but I understand why he did it, because the sheer power, the compilation of admissions of total ignorance. We have spent hundreds of millions of dollars, millions of man hours, Billions of collective IQ points, all concentrated on trying to find some way that something other than God is responsible for the first bacteria cell. But what we have to realize is Darwin and his contemporaries thought a bacteria cell was just sort of a little glob of goo that had some spark in it that was life. Now we know that a bacteria is infinitely more complicated than the best computer any human being has developed. The computer that can play Jeopardy and win has is it's like an abacus compared to the humblest bacterium, And that bacterium we're supposed to believe happened by accident. That's exactly like the waves at the beach, turning the sand into a cell phone.
0: We we have to go to a break. We're going to be back. Talking to John Zmirak. Folks, do not forget, 3 p.m. Eastern every day. Go to lindelltv.com and you can watch this as a TV program. We'll be right back. Folks, I'm talking to John Zmirak, who's written an article at stream.org called Pale Blue Dot. What is it called? A Pale Blue Dot. I think not. I think so, it so, rhymes. The pale blue dot, I think not. Yeah.
1: So the pale blue dot was the term, was Carl Sagan's term when he was trying to talk about how small and insignificant and, and obscure Earth was compared to the enormity of the universe. In my column, and I wax lyrical here, which, which I don't often do, I talk about this. And now that we know that Earth is probably the site of the only life in the universe, or one of maybe five places, if there are any others. And that it is an unbelievably unlikely, even miraculous combination of circumstances that allowed for any life at all. And another pile of incomprehensible miracles to allow for the first bacterium to exist, and then insert piles of more miracles here of the statistical impossibility of one genetic mutation proving useful after another, after another, after another, evolving all the way from a bacterium to Joe Biden, much less to a functional human being. All of that makes light instead of earth being an insignificant pale blue dot. Let's instead think of the universe as like a stage or a movie screen. If you're looking at the black stage and you see a spotlight focused in one spot on the stage and you see life there, you see people doing a dance and you hear music. Is your instinct to say, well, you know, that spot on the stage, it's just like all those other spots on the stage. Okay, yeah, it's got a light spotlight shining on it. And, yeah, it's got human beings moving around, dancing to apparently some music, doing ballet. But really, it's no different. It's no more significant than all those other spots on the stage that don't have a spotlight and don't have anything happening on. them. No, that would not be your response. Your response would not be, I guess the couple dancing on the stage are just the side effect of all the empty parts of the stage. The empty parts of the stage Because of the laws of physics, the empty parts of the stage naturally generate by random chance two people dancing to Tchaikovsky in a spotlight. Anybody (laughs) who said that you would put him (laughs) in a soft room with no sharp objects. But that is what atheist scientists want us to believe. Well, listen, it's um,
0: people who have read my book is Atheism Dead know what we're talking about. But what's exciting to me is that in writing my book, uh, I stumbled on all of these other books. I haven't heard of the one that you just mentioned, The Confused World of Modern Atheism. You should
1: have Rabbi Averick on your show. Yes,
0: but I I want to put the nail in the coffin of atheism so that people begin to understand. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's game over. Science has proved that it is not possible. I don't mean it's highly improbable. I mean, it is not possible that life came into being through random processes. And you said that uh, the rabbi quotes all of these people. I just quote a handful. my 20, 20, 20, but they are so definitive. And these are not uh, Christians. These these are people who are their chemists. And, you know, they're simply telling you what they know and what we know. But what I find interesting, John, and I know you do, is that how is it? That we grow up in a world where these things are not being taught in schools, certainly not in public schools. Oh,
1: they're being actively suppressed in schools. And and in fact, biologists who talk about this question tend to lose their jobs, lose their funding. If they want to speak on campus, mobs will show up and will shut them down and the cowardly administrators will go, oh oh, no, we don't want to have to provide extra security. Antifa's coming, Antifa, we yes, yes,
0: exactly, exactly. Well, look, this is where we are right now, but I, I, I'm just glad to know of this new book, The Confused World of Modern Atheism, and I should talk to the rabbi in this program because I, I want to, I mean, I've had James Tour on here. Uh, I've, I've had a number of the folks that I quote in the book because what's news to me is how overwhelming the evidence is. This is not just interesting. It's absolutely overwhelming. It's been overwhelming for decades. It gets more overwhelming. And we do not cover it. In other words, if you think that it's crazy that we don't look into the election fraud or that we're telling little kids to get scary vaccines for no reason or to wear masks on the playground, if you think that's crazy, wait till you find out what science has been getting away with for decades. I mean, you know, John, actually the... There are a number of scientists who are beginning to talk about this, but I think it's very embarrassing to admit that since the Miller-Urey experiment in 1952, they've made zero progress. I mean, literally, you know, you, 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 you just said it, that they used to believe that a single-celled organism was kind of like a jelly donut, like it was about that complex. And they called what's inside it protoplasm. And then it has some kind of a membrane And now they've discovered it's it's more like a computer. But you don't see anybody raising his hand to say, oh, by the way, except for James
1: Tour at Rice University. Darwin looking through a microscope at a cell was like a monkey who gets your cell phone. He looks at it and he goes, box, small black box. Not good to eat. Maybe good to smash locusts, smash locusts with. Simple, simple. And he thinks he could, he thinks that little cell phone happened randomly, just like the rock. It yeah. is indistinguishable to him from the rock on the bottom of his cage because he doesn't know enough. Our scientists didn't know enough until we developed electron microspectroscopes to find out that every bacteria is a factory full of little machines, precisely calibrated to split proteins, to develop new proteins. But what do you think is going to happen?
0: I mean, this is, look, this information is getting out. I know that, you know, I'm doing my darndest to get my book in, in people's hands because I think it changes the way you think about everything when you realize this, right? I mean, yeah. wh- my question is, will it bring about some kind of reformation? Because when you realize, wh- look, uh, I, th- there are some good things happening. And there's a kind of a, you know, the, the Internet and and a number of things have made it possible for people to get information out who weren't able to get it out when they were, you know, Walter Cronkite was on the news. And, and I think that, um, you know, there was nobody who could rebut uh, Carl Sagan wearing his ugly maroon turtleneck. He got away we're with it. There were, we're on only four networks. networks. There was ABC. NBC, right. Yes. And but I, but I, I just think that this information is getting out right now. And I wonder what it's going to do. I mean, I don't know if you know, do you remember in my book, I write about the term called directed panspermia.
1: Ooh. Um, yes. Y- yeah. The idea, that's the idea that some other, some other alien civilization created life on earth. And of right. course it just begs the question, well, who right. created that? Like you think who like, okay, okay, okay. So somebody brought life here. So how did life get there
0: wherever they brought it from? But don't you find it fascinating that Nobel Prize winning scientists could say something that a child, I mean, if you were trying to fool an eight year old, they'd say, wait a minute, where did the where did the aliens get the life from? Where did they they get an eight year old could figure that out? But James uh, Crick was it Watson. It was Crick, I think, you know, wrote an article about this, about direct. He called it directed panspermia. You know,
1: and I thought, yeah, people are fighting heroically to come up with some other explanation other than the God of the Bible, because the little green men who brought life to to the planet Earth don't care if the scientist is sleeping with his 22 year old intern.
0: That's that about sums it up. Um, Is this I want
1: to I want to be that crass about it. People who fight tooth and nail against the possibility that there is a God, they have a personal motivation. And maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pride. But it could be gluttony or sloth or envy. I wrote a book, The Bad Catholic's Guide to the Seven Deadly Sins. Let me plug it here. Um, this is, I think, the best book I've written. And, and I've written editor-co-author 12. Um, the Bad Catholic's Guide to the Seven Deadly Sins, and it's for everyone because the seven deadly sins is something that uh, Protestants, you commit them to. And uh, in fact, the seven deadly sins is an, is an ancient, goes back to the early church, uh, analysis of the different ways in which we rebel against God, the different ways in which man's fallenness plays itself out in the various faculties. The the various powers that God gives us, fertility, industry, ambition, all the drives that God puts in us, they filter through the fallenness of our nature and our willfulness, our rebelliousness, and they all need to be baptized. They all need to be harnessed. They all need to be claimed by Christ. And in the seven deadly sins book, I talk about how there are two ways You can go wrong on any of these things.
0: Um, We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Folks, don't forget, this program is a TV program at LindellTV.com. LindellTV.com every day, 3 p.m. Eastern. I'm talking to John Smirak. John.
1: So my idea, I would like to make a movie to write a book in which the Nazis had really, really lost World War II. And in my imaginary world, The government would never force millions of people to take experimental vaccines without their full and free informed consent. In my imaginary world, unborn babies would not be taken out of the womb alive, cannibalized for parts, cut up and used in vaccines. In my imaginary world, you wouldn't be able to demonize people based on their race and ethnicity even if their race happens to be extraordinarily successful. The Nazis targeted the Jews, critical race theory and the woke movement target all whites. Nevertheless, if if you strip that away, the rhetoric of Nazi anti-Semitism is very similar to the anti-white rhetoric being wielded in our school, in our in our human resources departments, in all these diversity and inclusion programs. It all sounds like Nazi anti-Semitism But it's not just the Jews. It's all white people. But other than that, or it sounds it also sounds creepy. But it's specifically
0: white people who refuse to get the vaccine. In other words, if you think about who is being demonized, if you uh, many people in corporate America working in banks, they are really being marginalized and demonized if they refuse to get the vaccine. Well, oh, I want to. I, I was moving on from the vaccination. No, no, I, I know, but I'm saying, but it's th- these things are related. It, you didn't think that in America it would be possible to marginalize groups, that it would be possible to do these kinds of things. Of course, critical race theory is is doing it to, to white people, but I, I just don't want to get away from the thread that Darwin and what he taught. H- how do you get the idea? that racism is wrong from Darwin. You don't. Darwin implies that racism is natural. Racism is right. Darwin uh, specific- but nobody talks about that.
1: Darwin specifically said in a letter to Charles Kingsley that he fully expected the white race to eventually exterminate inferior races in his terms, such as like the Aborigines in Australia and other primitive peoples. He said it, it will be for the improvement of the race. And there is no, mo- there is no moral argument against it in Darwin because there is no moral argument in Darwin. If it leads to the advancement and survival and fitness of the species, anything is justified because the whole principle is there is no moral code. You might have preferences. We prefer people to be less primitive rather than more primitive. We prefer them to have longer lives and fewer children as opposed to shorter lives and more children. Once you accept that the core principle of life is survival of the fittest, nothing is off the table. And your arguments are simply prudential ones. And prudentially, Hitler was stupid to target the Jews because they're clearly very talented. In fact, they could have helped him make the atomic bomb. So that was an oopsie. He should have, he sort of co-opted the Jews instead of targeting them. But apart from that, Darwinism has no, no real critique of Nazism. And what we're seeing today is the logical implication of that Darwinist materialism. The government's job is to keep us safe and keep us alive for as long as possible until we cease to be productive and cease to be of any use. Then it's the government's job to put us out of our misery Painlessly, if possible. And remember, Joe Biden's chief medical ethics advisor on coronavirus was Ezekiel Emanuel, the brother of Rahm Emanuel. Ezekiel Emanuel has said nobody over age 70 should be given any life saving treatment because there's no reason to live past age 70. Is it any coincidence that blue state governor after governor, Whitmer, Cuomo, Murphy in New Jersey, dumped COVID patients in nursing homes, killing thousands of them when there were empty beds all over the place, thereby inflating the death statistics and giving them the right to seize emergency power in their states. And we saw Andrew Cuomo try to use that emergency power to seize everyone's guns. When a a government uses a crisis to seize emergency power and censor the media and take everyone's guns. How is this not Germany in the 1930s? That is exactly what happened. This was the Reichstag virus. And it was used as a pretext for an enabling act to suspend the Constitution. And right now, the secret committee known, now known as Joe, Joe Biden is trying to force employers to fire millions of Americans if they won't take this dead baby vaccine. If that if you don't think that's tyranny, folks, you belong in the gulag. You'll be happier there.
0: Well, this is what I keep saying. I mean, I'm, I'm giving a lot of talks around the country. i mentioned I'm in Wichita. Um, people need to be encouraged that that they have to act now. Whatever freedom you have, use it now. If you're able to speak, speak now. Uh, If you have a job to lose, lose it now. Do not comply. Do whatever you can do to resist these horrors. Um, If you have money, spend it now, or the government will take it away from you in a few years. Whatever you can do to fight this tyranny, you're obliged to do. People have died so that we could have the freedoms that we have. And the idea that Americans have kept their, uh, or have, have, taking their eyes off the ball, and have really forgotten about these founding principles, and we are allowing ourselves to drift into this tyranny. I mean, drift. We're, we're, we're moving very quickly. If you don't do something about it, folks, you're part of the problem. I hate to say it that way, but we, we have to wake up. We're going to a break. Talking to John Zmirak. Hey, folks, Eric Metaxas here. Joe Biden and the Democrats have laid out the most socialist agenda our country has ever seen. Instead of following President Trump's blueprint that had the economy booming, the Dems are going to raise taxes, increase regulations, and skyrocket an already outrageous national debt. If your retirement is in traditional investments, it is in jeopardy. Americans should be diversifying their investments with gold and precious metals. Gold gives you control over your wealth and protects you from market volatility, inflation, and a weakening dollar. When investing in gold, I turn to Legacy Precious Metals. Legacy Precious Metals has over 40 years of experience in helping Americans protect their finances, and this team is prepared to patiently consider your own personal financial needs. If you're looking to invest in gold, call the good folks at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-473-6204 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Don't leave your retirement to chance, friends. Contact Legacy Precious Metals Today. That's 866-473-6204.
1: Hey
0: there, folks. This is Eric Metaxas Show. Don't forget, go to ericmetaxas.com. We need you to sign up for the newsletter so we can get these uh, interviews to you and many other things that we cannot share very easily. John Zmirak. We have to talk about the unpleasant subject of how the Chinese government is murdering Uyghur Muslims for their organs. And many U.S. companies like the NBA and Nike are happy to make money with China. What are, what are we supposed to do?
1: Well, the next time you see someone like Colin Kaepernick or some basket, his basketball equivalent – I'm sorry, I don't follow basketball – Uh, When you see a player take a knee during the national anthem to protest racism in America, look at his jersey and know, and look at his sneakers. And I want you to know one thing the cotton for that jersey was made, was picked by slaves in China. Uyghur Muslims who have been enslaved because of their religion are picking cotton on farms in China in order to make the shirts and and they're working in factories to make the sneakers worn by the players of the NBA. There have been NBA players who spoke up for the Uyghurs, who spoke up for the people of Hong Kong, for the people of Tibet. And what happens is China then bans that team. So there's a player for the Boston Celtics who spoke up for the Uyghurs so China said, we will not let Boston Celtics games be broadcast in China. The NBA and the Celtics lose millions of dollars. So that is how China is censoring the media in America. Our friend Jason Jones went with Salih Udayar. Salih Dyer is a Uyghur Muslim in exile living in America who is elected prime minister of the Uyghur people. So he is head of their government in exile. They went to a Dallas Mavericks game. They smuggled in shirts that said free the Uyghur and they smuggled in the flag of East Turkestan, which is the independent country that the Uyghurs ought rightly to be. And they got behind uh, Mark Cuban. They got to sit behind Mark Cuban's box. And at a crucial moment, they unveiled the Uyghur flag and had on their free the Uyghur T-shirts. So of course, security descends on them and demands that they take these things down, you can hold up an F the police banner. You can do everything but burn a flag. But if you do anything that upsets communist China, the NBA will send the security team. Jason and Sally refused to t- take the flag down and said, go ahead, pull the flag out of our hands on national television. Go ahead and do it. So the security team backed down. I did an interview with Sally, the leader of the Uyghurs and Jason Jones about this this act of trolling and what they want. Uh, on Nove- I believe it's November 12th is the Uyghur independence anniversary. They want everyone to go to NBA games wearing free the Uyghur T-shirts that there's, they're selling at the great, if you go to the principal, the, uh, the vulnerable people's project, look up vulnerable people's project. They're selling free the Uyghur T-shirts. If you wear these shirts and get on camera, China will ban the broadcast of that game. And maybe ban that team and the NBA will lose millions in ill-gotten gain. Now,
0: people have to do this, John. This is brilliant. November 12th. I love Jason Jones. And get the I love t-shirt the that says Free the Uyghur now. Where do you go? Say it again. Where do you uh, go?
1: Look up the Vulnerable People's
0: Project. Okay. Vulnerable you go to the people Vulnerable People's Project. Project. You get the Free the Uyghurs t-shirt and you try to get on camera at an NBA game. This you, is genius. Now,
1: I'm not finished the story. I did an interview with Jason and Sally about this and I waited, I sent them the questions and I waited for the answers and I waited and I waited. And then Jason called to tell me that Gmail would not let him send the email because it contained banned content. Gmail run by Google is censoring our email messages in order to make communist China happy, I have the emails. I printed a screenshot of it in my story. So Google Jason, has collaborated
0: with the Chinese in a way that would make the Vichys blush.
1: So it is absolutely Jason, horrible. Jason can't send me an email from one city in Texas to another city in Texas without communist China censoring that email. But this is not a problem. This is not a problem. Go on watching the games. Don't let politics into it, except when the left wants to kneel during the national anthem. The U.S. national anthem is a symbol of racism. Jerseys made by slaves, that's not a symbol of racism because the left's worldview is perfectly coherent and absolutely morally correct, which is why they support slavery now. But slavery 150 years ago, that's safe. They can take a stand against that.
0: John, say it again. What is the name of the the website? Vulnerable peoples? People, singular. Vulnerable people. Vulnerable people. people And they have Free the Uyghur.
1: T-shirts. T-shirts. Wear them to any sports event and try to get on camera. Try to get on the Jumbotron. And you may be costing the NBA or the NFL millions of dollars because the communist Chinese will close it down. Run on
0: the field. Run down on the field. Have some fun. Yeah. Wearing only the shirt. Only the shirt. Go streaking. Let's bring back streaking. Um, It's amazing, John, that we're living at a time when American citizens have the freedom to do stuff like what you're discussing.
1: We won't for long. I mean, you can't send an email about it.
0: Well, this is what I'm saying, folks. If you don't act now, if we don't all act now, Bonhoeffer was trying to wake up the church in the 30s. He knew that if the church stood up against the Nazis, they would prevail. He knew it, but they waited and waited and waited. And by the time they figured out, uh-oh, maybe he was right, it was too late. Right. I know that's where we are in America. I know it. I'm not the only one saying it. The, the, the situation we find ourselves in is remarkably similar, unfortunately, to what I write about in my Bonhoeffer book. There is a window of opportunity. Freedom is going away. But if you act quickly, you can do something about it. Um, the fact of the matter is it's on us right now.
1: We read read histories of Nazi Germany like, why didn't the military overthrow the Nazis? Why didn't somebody shoot Hitler? Why? 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 Oh, my gosh, 1938. They could have done it. Oh, they could have done it here. They could have done it there. It's one missed opportunity after another, after another, after another. And always the opportunity is missed because of a lack of courage, because people trying to save their own skins, people being too attached to this life. When yeah, I look, decide when I decide
0: on, we have to go to a break but we're going to let you finish that thought when we come back folks it couldn't be more important. Don't go away. Folks, talking to John Zmierk on the Eric Taxes So, John, you were making an extremely important point about the parallel between uh, Nazi Germany and where we are today.
1: If you are attached at all costs to surviving and being somewhat comfortable, you are not free. You are a pet. You are a pet poodle as compared to a wolf in the wild. When I decided I was not going to take the vaccine. I didn't know anything about the health risks. I didn't know anything about the experimental things, the spike protein, the myocardia, the myocarditis, whatever they call it, the heart problems it's causing. I didn't know any of that. I just knew it was made with dead babies. And I said, well, I'm overweight. I'm in a risk category for dying of COVID. I may die of COVID. I'm not going to live through COVID by being implicated in the crime of abortion. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I won't live as long. If you can't make a decision like that, you're already a puppet. And the people in Germany who let the Nazis get away with what they did, the people in Soviet Russia who let the communists get away with what they did, it was always because they made a prudent calculation. Oh, I got to save my skin. I guess I can make this compromise. I guess I can make that compromise. And pretty soon there's nothing left to compromise. You're just a puppet on a string. I don't want to live in a world where dead babies are the basis of our survival. I don't want to be there. Uh, see you in purgatory, pals.
0: I hope. I I just want to say that, you know, uh, we're talking about something. On the one hand, it's uh, un- unbelievably bleak, but I have to say that the horror that we're going through right now is waking people up. We are talking about this now. People are listening to this, people around this country, many of whom don't even share our political views or, or not where we are theologically, but they know something is going on that doesn't make sense. They're wondering. How, how is it possible? Why isn't anyone speaking up? So when, when we speak up on this program, when you who are listening speak up and protest and resist and do whatever it is you can do, there are people watching, folks. They need to know that you uh, have the faith in God and the courage uh, and the belief in the, in the freedoms uh, in this country and the, that, that those who died for those freedoms died for a noble cause, that they see us and they get inspired. And so I really do believe we're at a moment right now. It's a kind of a tipping point. The Nazis were able to cow the people in Germany sufficiently long that they never got there. But I think that, uh, the, the, the Biden administration and the Fauci gang and the Chinese and others have, uh, have really overplayed their hand and people are waking up. And I really do believe we, the people are, are waking up. But the question is, Are you doing anything? Are you saying anything? Are you speaking up? Are you giving money to organizations that are doing something about it? I've come to the place where I just believe it's like paying a tithe. Everybody has to do something for the freedoms that we don't deserve, but that we have. You've got to do something about it. You've got to act on it. You've got to give money, whatever it is that God calls you to do or enables you to do. uh, We're going to keep talking about it on this program. Um, John, uh, it's been great getting two hours with you uh, today. Final thought. We've just got 30 uh, seconds.
1: If you're not watching Tucker Carlson's series on Fox Nation about the January 6th uh, protesters and how they were framed by the FBI, you don't know what's really going on. It's an incredibly important piece of journalism by Tucker Carlson on Fox Nation about how January 6th was probably an FBI sting. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, that's another subject for another time, but it's all, of course, related. My friend, John Smirik, thank you. Thank you. Folks, don't forget, please go to ericmetaxas.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's, of course, free, uh, but we want to get you all kinds of information. And don't forget our sponsors, uh, mypillow.com, nutramedics.com, mystore.com. Use the code ERIC. Thank you.